First in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. Well, several important developments around the National Student Financial Aid Scheme. Yesterday, the Auditor General telling Parliament it had made an adverse finding against NISFA, saying there was no audit evidence of some of its reported achievements. At the moment, NISFA is operating with an acting chair after Ernest Causer agreed to go on special leave, following claims from the organisation Outer that he had been involved in a conversation which appeared to confirm that some companies who won contracts with with NISFAS had given donations to the South African Communist Party. The SACP, I must say, has strongly denied those claims. Meanwhile, the Minister of Higher Education, Dr. Bladen Zamade, was also speaking in Parliament yesterday as part of the debate on the present State of the Nation Address. The President responds to that debate this afternoon. Well, Dr. Bladen Zamande is the Minister of Higher Education, Science and Technology. He's on the line now. Minister, good morning and thank you for your time. Stephen, good morning to you and to your listeners, and thanks for the invitation. This is such a busy, and it seems to me to be a very difficult time for NISFAS. Now we have these comments by the Auditor General's office, these findings. The chairs on the special leave, the former CEO, Andila Nongogo, had to be fired. How difficult a time is this for the National Student Financial Aid Scheme? Yeah, first, Stephen, maybe before I, I answer that, I just need to say in terms of your introduction, by the way, that not only has the SACP denied that it was funded by a beneficiary from NESFAS tenders, the person has come out to say she never funded the SACP, the one who, who was claimed to have actually funded the SACP. So it's not just a denial by the SACP, but also the person has said it on record that she has never actually funded the SACP. I just thought that I needed no, to sure. clear that. It's a denial from both sides, then. That makes sense. Okay, sure. Go yes, ahead. Yes, that's right. Now, NASFAS, you know, let, let me also start here, Stephen. NASFAS has done a hell of a lot of good work in this country. I don't think that the challenges that it faces now should erase that. That since it was established in 1991 as the instance of former President Mandela, it has funded more than 5 million students, many of whom have actually gone on to become professionals, artisans, and so on. And NASFAS also continues to fund these students. As I'm talking to you now, it has just approved the funding of just under a million students who now are able to register at universities and colleges, and they're actually being paid. Indeed, there are challenges, Stephen. I can't, I can't uh, deny that, uh, some of which you are actually mentioning. The fact that uh, NESFAS investigated the issue around the award of the tenders involving the companies that are giving allowances and, and found that its recommendations, there were a lot of irregularities in that, and this report has made a number of recommendations, including that the the, the CEO be, be dismissed. That points to, indeed, lots of challenges. But the fact that NASFAS has acted on that and they are committed to board, are committed to implement all those recommendations of the development report so that we actually ensure a clean governance. The other challenge, Stephen, that we must just admit, you know, I mean, in terms of the Auditor General's report, has been looking at two components of the NESFAS audit. The one is the internal one. How is NESFAS using its own funds internally, how it is managing them, and so on. 
it has found that there are areas that require strengthening and attention. The other side is what is called the external audit, which has been presenting NESFAS with a problem for the last five to six years, actually, which is that it's the relationship between NESFAS and institutions. Because one of the challenges that NESFAS consistently face face is the exchange of reliable information between universities and colleges on the one hand and masters itself. In other words, the, the, the institutions have got to provide information to say so-and-so has passed and deserves to be further funded, and then that information going to NESFAS. There's still lots of challenges there, and the main thing which the Auditor General has been pointing out that we ourselves have picked up is two problems. One is the IT system, which I have now given NESFAS a bit more money from the money that we could actually be getting to actually upgrade their IT system so that the exchange of information with institutions is reliable. Sometimes the problem is on the institution side, other times the, the problem is on the, 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 the NESFAS side. The other intervention that we are making on that score is actually to ensure that we are able to increase the capacity of NESFAS to be able to manage what this year is actually going to reach a 50 billion mark. Now, people say we are being defensive when they say this. When NESFAS was, was asked to give bursaries and to increase the earnings to 350,000 rand total family income, in 2018, it only had two to three weeks to actually implement that. Mm. And there has been a backlog since then because that thing was announced on the 16th of December, if mm. you remember. I remember very clearly. First day of the ANC conference, then by the former president, yes. Exactly. You know, in fact, if one to be self critical, that was a populist response to a legitimate demand by students and also commitment of mm. government actually to fund poor student. So that is one nagging thing that I have said to the National Sport, focus all your attention in addressing this problem mm -hmm. so that we are able to get this organization stable. I am as equally concerned even about the instability mm -hmm. that is there. Okay. Uh, Minister, you were speaking in Parliament yesterday. Uh, the debate around the State of the Nation address, do you think it's been constructive? I mean, I know I'm a journalist and my job is to look for points of difference, but but it seems that it's just been about the elections, frankly. Yes, I think that largely what I would say is even on the side of the opposition. They were not even seriously engaging the issues that the president was, was making on a factual basis. They are just merely electioneering. Well, it's a cynicism that has actually started. There are lots of things that the president has said that actually requires very serious engagement. Like, I can make an example on the, my things that I was actually raising yesterday, on the things that were done in terms of infrastructure, uh, that were provided building new 16 campuses in rural areas of Tibet colleges, who have actually been building uh, skill centers, the presidential PhD program, which is an incredible intervention of a billion rands, which we intend to go into four billion rands in the next two to three years, to send some of our brightest youngsters overseas in leading research centers to do their PhDs and come back 
to serve South Africa, especially in those skills areas where we have got actual shortages. So there were a number of things that the president was raising, but my own view and assessment is that the opposition, all what it is interested in, is actually discrediting the African National Congress. The other example I was making, by the way, quickly, is that the DA has got the tendency to claim things that are done by the ANC as theirs. Like the Premier yesterday saying, they've done this with the police, that with the police. They have no such authority. Whatever advances have been made in the Western Cape is as a result of the police activity led by Minister Kwele to actually deal with gangsterism and drugs in the case of the Western Cape. But this is being done nationally as well. It is indeed unfortunate that the posture of the opposition is actually to address Shania instead of grappling factually. President provided lots of facts on things that we've done. But at the same time, he said, indeed, we've got challenges. We can't claim that everything has been honky-dory. Uh, Minister, one of the um, quotes that got a lot of attention this week came from the Deputy Chair of the National Council of Provinces, Sylvia Lucas from the ANC, of course. She said, load shedding isn't the end of the world. Do you agree with what she said? Are we making too much of a fuss about load shedding? I, look, I, I listened to that. Uh, and uh, I would just like to say maybe that is being misrepresented. It's possible that's what she was saying. You know, I mean, you can ask yourself, is that we will, in the end, deal with load shedding. I don't think that she was diminishing load shedding. I'm not aware of anyone who would actually diminish the negative impact of load shedding, and that load shedding is one of the priority issues that, as a government, we actually have got to deal with because it's making negative impact and contribution towards the economy. My understanding, she was actually saying, in the end, we will deal with that. That would have been my interpretation of what she was actually saying. Okay. The ANC Secretary General for Kilim Balula, he's in Moscow this morning. There's a delegation of other ANC leaders. They're part of this Congress hosted by Russia against what is described as the new forms of colonialism by Western nations. Uh, You and I have spoken about uh, Russia before. I I presume you support him going on that trip and the ANC delegation going on that trip? Yes. I I, I fully support that. You know, I mean, I'm not speaking, I'm not a spokesperson of the SACP, but from the SACP standpoint, for instance, we actually support relations that South Africa has with Russia. I think that, Stephen, behind this, we must remember what President Mandela said, telling the American government in their face, your enemies are not our enemies. And we are a sovereign country. And of course, the ANC as a political party has got a right to continue having relations with parties that it has have relations that it has actually chosen to and so on. We can't then be told, you know, who our enemies, uh, who, who our friends are and so on. So we support the fact that the ANC continues to have a, a relationship with, with, with Russia and with political parties that actually they see them as their allies. It does not mean, say, on the part of the SACP, that, for instance, there aren't things that we need to be engaging the Russians on and so on. But I have, the, the party has made itself clear on the issue of NATO and uh, the Ukraine war and so on, that the origins, the source of the problem is NATO, the United States and the West, who are violating an agreement that was made with the Soviet Union 
in the late 1980s that they are not going to move an inch of NATO troops to the east. But no sooner had the Soviet Union collapsed, and then they are actually doing that. That's fundamentally the source of the war. But also we support the stance of government that we need peaceful negotiations in order to actually resolve this matter. Clearly now also there's desperation on the part of Ukraine itself, the West, because the war they are waging, they are not winning it. And instead, there are lots of people who are dying. And it is time now that everybody must sit down around the table and actually have a peaceful negotiation to resolve that conflict. Dr. Bladen Zamande, thank you. Minister of Higher Education, Science and Technology.